Well, one of my favorite stories is uh, about uh, two guys that aren't real bright that decide they want to go ice fishing. <laughs> you started, hold on. You started two guys that weren't real bright. I really thought Brandon and I were the, no, the not, joke not, today. No, not the two of you. <laughs> okay, guys. go ahead. All right. So, so this can always be told, especially if you have your favorite um, college you want to make fun of. You know, <laughs> so they can be from there, ah. uh, but not not necessary. But they're just not real bright. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like they, Baylor. Yeah. So they. Uh, well. Um, yeah. <laughs> that would not be Baylor for me since my son went there. But anyway. So uh, they decide to read up on ice fishing, get all the gear, and they're out there and they're cutting a hole in the ice. Zumpa, 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 and they hear a voice. There are no fish under the ice. <laughs> Look around. Don't see anybody. Back to cutting. Zumpa, zumpa, zumpa. There are no fish under the ice. Don't see anybody. Again. Zumpa, zumpa. There are no fish under the ice. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. You think maybe that's God talking to us? I don't know. Why don't you ask? <clears throat> Is, is this God talking to us? This is the ice rink manager. There are no fish <laughs> under the ice. I love that story. Um, we are often fishing in places where there is no fish. Mm. Nice. Yes. So, uh, bad plan. Love bad that plan. transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Well, welcome to The Testament Podcast. My name is Brandon Barton. And I am Jeff Kegger. We're here today with Ed Lamance. Ed, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for letting so, me be there. Yeah, thanks. So um, special thing for Ed. So we're actually going to have two episodes with Ed Lamance. So today is going to be our first episode. Next week, you'll hear episode number two, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Ed, tell us about yourself. Um, well, I was born in Houston. I grew up in Fort Worth on the east side of Fort Worth. Lived there um, up until graduation from high school, mm. then moved to Arlington, went to UTA, and have been in Arlington kind of ever since in mm. terms of my digs. Uh, I had the privilege to uh, be a lot of places, go a lot of places through the years, but this, is, this has been home. Um, met my wife, LaRue, at UTA, mm. All right, mm -hmm. and we've been married 49 years this summer. Got uh, two kids. Both of them are adopted. Nice. And they uh, have blessed us with four grandsons. And uh, so we're we're having a whole lot of fun being the grandparents where you sugar them up and have fun and you send them back with the parents and I've say, heard enjoy. Yes. I've heard that's a fun time. Yeah, it is a fun time. So... Uh, I'm uh, glad to be on this side of that equation. So. <laughs> I look forward to those days for yes, sure. Yes, yes, yes. So this podcast is all about lives being changed as right. a result of who Jesus is. Right. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your life with Jesus. Okay. 
Uh, I grew up in a semi-Christian home. My uh, mom was a Christ follower. My dad was an agnostic. And uh, so going to church was pretty random and pretty occasional and um, not particularly important. And so, but on one of those random times that I was there, um, the preacher made abundantly clear that hell was not a place you wanted to spend eternity. Mm -hmm. So um, my question as an eight-year-old is, okay, what I got to do? And <laughs> so uh, explained to me that was about, you know, admitting your wrongdoing, uh, guilty as charged. And asking God's forgiveness, okay, I'm good and I'm down with that. And then ask him if you could go to heaven when you die. And I did. And I meant it as much as an eight-year-old can mean that. Mm -hmm. right? So at that point, I thought, okay, good. We're, we're good to go. Eternity's taken care of. And between there, here and there, be good for goodness sake. Okay. <laughs> so um, I rocked along um, up until high school years. And... Was at a um, youth camp that the church did every year, Falls Creek, Oklahoma. Yeah. And it was a, an incredible time. Anyway, it was my probably third year to go, I guess. And um, I don't remember who was speaking, and I don't even remember all the topics around mm. things. But at the very first of the week, the Whoever was speaking shared John 10, 10. And if I'd ever heard it before, it hadn't registered with me. Where Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and live it to the full. Mm. And I started going, what? Because it was explained that that was right now, not just heaven one day. Yeah. Yeah. But peace, purpose, meaning to be in the nasty now and now. And so um, then it was explained that that was only available for those who were willing to go all in with Jesus. Hmm. If you were going to just be casual, wasn't going to happen. So I chewed on that all week. By Thursday, we had lost out in all the sporting events. <laughs> and uh, so I spent that entire Thursday afternoon on the hillside hmm. just thinking through that. And it really was about five hours out there something of that nature. And I remember very clearly um, it being kind of a thing of, okay, if you really can do that, if that's really the truth, mm. then, okay, I'm all in. But if that's not true, I'm all out. Mm. And then I had a caveat. And the caveat was, I know I just told you I'm going all in. <laughs> However, <laughs> I'd really appreciate it, please, if that doesn't mean I have to go to some weird place <laughs> and do weird stuff with weird people. And please, 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 please don't make me marry an ugly woman. <laughs> And uh, so, so, and I was serious. <laughs> so uh, the cool thing was, yeah, he showed me that he really was who he said he was. And he didn't send me to a weird place with weird people. And like they say, I kicked the punt coverage mm -hmm. on a beautiful wife. And, yeah. uh, so that was that was pretty sweet. So that that was really the beginning of things for me. 
of, oh, okay, this is an all-in thing. It's not a hmm. casual thing. It's not just a heaven one day thing. It's not a fire insurance policy. I didn't really know what to do next because I didn't really have any friends that were all in. I mean, my hmm. best friend was kind of like me. And so a few months later, I had the privilege of auditioning for and uh, being accepted into Youth for Christ singing group. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, the director, Don Kenyon, was a very godly guy. And there were a lot of other students that were all in. And he discipled me mm -hmm. and had, uh, had to memorize the four spiritual laws, which was a gospel presentation at the time. And to be able to go on the big tour that we made to New York City and all that. And um, boy, I hated doing that, but that was one of the best things I ever did mm -hmm. because from that point forward, I knew how to help somebody know how to meet Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I knew what to say. Uh, he had us reading deep water stuff like Watchman Knees, Normal Christian Life, that I'd read a page and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, so he he was the first to disciple me. And because I was in a semi-Christian home, um, and the cool thing was my dad, when I was in my 40s, received Jesus and yeah. became a very different man. Yeah. But back then, um, I remember very distinctly after I went all in, uh, I came home and started talking to him about Jesus. And he looked at me and said, okay, I don't ever want to hear you talk with me like that about that ever again. <laughs> and he turned and walked away and I said, dad, what's wrong? And he said, uh, someday maybe you'll know, but not today. <laughs> and so that really confused me. I did find out some things later that led him to where he was. But, um, so the the experience with Youth for Christ was foundational. Mm -hmm. And then I going to college from a blue collar family and I worked for my dad at his service stations. He managed service stations. And um, so I didn't have a lot of college options and mm -hmm. I was just an average student anyway. So UTA was kind of my option, live at home and yeah. go there. And <laughs> Back then, uh, when I started in 68, UTA was a small school. <laughs> and and uh, so I had a cousin that twisted my arm to go to the UTA BSU. It's called BSU then. It's called BSM now. Right. Um, <laughs> the Howdy Party. And boy, I didn't want to go. But okay, I'll go. So I went and... There's actually some solid people there. And I go, okay, I think maybe I'll come back. And I did. And the director at that time became a mentor. And then when he left, mm. the guy that replaced him, Rollin DeLapp, um, first guy was Dan Bowling. And uh, Rollin had been a navigator. And he got me into scripture memory, journaling, quiet times, the disciplines of the Christian life that... I really needed. And um, so 
those were the foundational pieces. Um, we'll talk about a little bit later. I traveled in a Christian band for a while, and then, but one of the things that happened is between my junior and senior year in college, and going to college, I didn't really know what I needed to study exactly. You couldn't go undeclared at that time. Mm-hmm. So I literally got out their course catalog and went through all the different courses and got it down to sociology and psychology. Wow. And I go, well, psychology be working individuals, sociology group. I think I'd rather do psychology. <laughs> so went to psychology. <laughs> yeah. But by the time I'm uh, between junior, senior year, my dad got with me and he said, Okay, um, have you decided what you're going to do yet? And I go, well, not really. And he goes, well, you better decide soon. I said, how come? He said, well, I'm going to have to have open heart surgery. Hmm. And back then that was not a common thing. Hmm. And he said, so I need you to know what you're going to do because you may have to take care of the family. It's like, whoa, I didn't want to hear that. So that summer, I really spent a lot of time asking God, okay, what do I need to do? Mm. And it became clear that I needed to go to seminary. And then it was a scary talk with my dad Mm. because that was not what he Mm. was going to want to hear. And so I finally worked up the courage and I said, "Um, supposed to go to seminary. And he was quiet and... stared at me for what felt like 16 days. And then he goes, well, okay. Hope you're not making a mistake. Hmm. That was the end of the conversation. So I went to seminary kind of going, okay, I know I'm supposed to be here, but I don't know what that means. Hmm. And there were men and women who would talk about, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that. It's kind of like, um, where, where's that phone? I, did, where's that memo? How, how do you know that? Because <laughs> yeah. he has told me he did all his squat other than be here. I don't know. what you know. How do you know that? So I thought I was going to do student work on a college campus. Mm-hmm. And then it became clear to me, I was reading a book. And one of the things that I didn't understand about going to seminary, It's graduate school, Hmm. and it's graduate school. (laughs) (laughs) work. Yeah, a lot of work. So I'm reading a book because there were lots of books you had to read. And I'm reading a book and just to read it so I can check off, yes, I read that book. And about 50 pages in, I go, what's the title of this book? And I flip it over, and it's the Education Ministry of the Church. I go, Maybe I'm supposed to do that. This seems a lot of right stuff in here to me. Uh, and and so um, I shifted from D-Men to education and um, had uh, the interesting thing is when I started seminary, been traveling with the band, we were off the road and the uh, church, which is actually uh, Lake Church, when it was on the east side of Fort Worth, called mm-hmm. Tarrant Road Baptist Church mm-hmm. at the time, um, had lost the youth and music guy. And so it was the pastor and youth and music guy back in the day, <laughs> uh, running less than 200 people. Uh, 
And so I, I came to him and said, hey, we're off the road. If you could have some help with youth, I'd be glad to do it. So he invited me to, yeah, that'd be great. And then he said, but can you do the music piece too? I said, the youth and music, the choir thing, all of that? <laughs> he goes, uh-huh. I go, um, well, um, he said, hey, if you can just hold it down for a little bit, we'll find somebody to do the music later. If you, you know, okay, well, five years later. <laughs> so anyway, so, um, and that kind of gets into my journey with being on staff here. So, yeah, so you've been on staff here for how long? 49 years this April. Yeah. So, what different positions have you held? Well, in pretty, 49 years, pretty all, much all, every, all of, yeah, all of them. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I've had every seat on the bus except senior pastor. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really been interesting because that was never my plan. I still don't know what I want to be yeah. when I grow up. Yes. Okay. But um, so I started out fulfilling that using music piece. It was part time, almost nearly, but not quite hardly, <laughs> which meant full time work, part time pay. Mm. You know, that's how that works. So I did that. And we relocated from the east side of Fort Worth here to Arlington, and then we started growing. Mm. And so as we grew, I would just simply hand off something and take on something else. So the next thing, we added a music guy because that was not really my strength. I just did it. And so I became education and youth. And then so all through the... It was youth and missions and you name it, I did it. Mm -hmm. And so I, what I've said to folks is I've kind of been utility infielder. It's like, where do you need me to play today, coach? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of positions I can do and I enjoyed doing all of them. So really I was not called to a particular vocational piece. I was just called to kingdom purposes here Mm. And where do you need me today? Amen. And so, so I got a hard question for you. Then, forty-nine years on staff in one church. Yeah. What is, what stands out in your mind as one of the most significant, um, God stories out of your time on staff at this church? One of the one of the most significant things that you've seen God do in this church in forty-nine years of being on staff. Boy, there's, there's actually been a number of them. Told you it'd be a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> be hard to pick. Um, uh, it, it was phenomenal. When we re relocated from east side of Fort Worth out here, mm -hmm. it was really a new beginning for the church because the church was in great decline. The interesting thing is... Um, well, when was that? Um we made the decision to relocate in uh, 74. Okay. Um, the thing that, uh, you know, about history, back in the mid-60s, I started a lot of the civil unrest, mm. um, a lot of the um, racial stuff, and the... So I kind of live, not kind of, I did live through all yeah, of that yeah. and some challenging times. The east side of Fort Worth started changing from a middle uh, middle class 
blue collar white community into a mixed community mm-hmm. uh, and there was what was typically referred to as white flight started happening. The church made the decision, we're not going to flee. Mm-hmm. We're going to integrate. Yeah. And and we truly sought to do that. And I was actually a part of that. And we would do uh, programs in the community where we have a Friday night youth event and have lots of... Uh, Blacks and whites show up for a youth event. Saturday, children events, same thing. Then Sundays, most of them went to their house churches hmm. rather than our congregation. And we we probably had about, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 black families join the church. The interesting thing, and again, I, you know, retrospect looking back later, um, most of those families had been um, in in military kinds of settings and had a preference for a little more of the white worship than the black worship. And so I, I started kind of recognizing, wait a minute, this wasn't really about so much about race and prejudice as it was preference and style. And because uh, I had black friends and other things, and I was going, huh, this is interesting. Yeah. So we worked really, really hard for several years to try to truly be an integrated church. Wasn't really working. And so we finally said, okay, look, um, I think what we need to do is we've got a facility here, and there's all these little house churches. We need to get a congregation in here and some pastors in here that can really reach the community. And we need to go do what we're better at. And that's exactly what we did. And we actually worked with a black congregation in transition and helping them reach their community. I did some training and different Mm -hmm. things. And and then we came out here. We spent three and a half years building the first building every weekend weekend. Pretty much, we were out here hammering and sawing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I left my mark literally all over that first building. <laughs> Blood, sweat, uh, and tears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we got transitioned out here in '77, summer of '77, and this area was a growing area, and so the it, it lit up. And we every year for about 13 years, we experienced at least 10 percent growth. Mm-hmm. And it was a building program after building program mm. after building cr- program. So we're really blessed. Uh, and so, therefore, as we grew from less than 200 people to over 1,000 people, there was all the transitions that happened with yeah. needing different staff. So, well, so knowing your story, knowing who you are, knowing that family is very, very important to you. Right. There is a story about your sister, uh, his empirical mm-hmm. story right. back in the 50s. So can yeah. you uh, expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and and this is what was reported to me because I was pretty young when all this occurred. But my sister, I was the oldest. There were just two of us. Um, my sister was three and a half years younger than me, and she was born with leukemia. Mm-hmm. And so she was at the doctor a lot. And again, we're talking early 50s. And so there wasn't uh, much hope. 
And so what was reported to me was that when she was about to, that um, the the church that we had, my mom and sister and I attended occasionally, like I mentioned earlier, found out that uh, she had, the doctors had said um, she was given six months to live. Mm. So they um, had a prayer time. Now, I was told it was an all-night prayer meeting. I, I don't know how long it lasted, but I know the church prayed. And then uh, what was reported to me is they went to uh, see the doctor, I think, the next week. And the doctors came out and said, um, all we can tell you is it's a miracle, but leukemia is gone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And knowing that story, it was strange to me that my dad mm. didn't embrace Jesus. Um, but that was that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so we talked a little before we started recording, I guess, a little bit about your time. So the movie just came out, Jesus Revolution, <clears throat> right? Which occurred. What, late 60s, early 70s? Mm-hmm. Is that about right? Yeah, during that time frame. Yeah. yeah. So um, you, however, were involved in that a little bit. Right. Like you weren't like hanging out with Greg Laurie or anything, were you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He, but, wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> but you had uh, – so tell me tell me about because – the, because the movie just came out, everybody's seen the movie. I think we want to hear about that time. Right. Um, what was going on during that time? What were you doing? Like, what was your um, stance? You've already become a Christian at this point. Right. Okay, so the Jesus Revolution comes across, sweeps across the nation. You're already a believer, but what's your part in that? Well, again, it was it was an interesting time. And so the whole hippie movement, um, the Vietnam War protests, mm-hmm. yeah. the... Uh, all of that was on the college campuses, black power. Um, that was what you see in the movies. That was, yeah, that was very up close and personal. Mm. Um, the One of the things that happened was um, it became, you know, it started out there in California and kind of moved this way. Mm-hmm. And... So there became a lot of opportunities to share the gospel with, just like you saw in the movie, um, people that were into the whole sex, drug, rock and roll routine, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't working for them. Mm. And so uh, I think that's, uh, we were some of the first to do beach reach back Mm. in the day. Mm. And go down on the beach during spring break and share the gospel. Uh, one of the interesting things that was in the movie where Greg Laurie designs a colorful uh, gospel track. Yeah. Because the yeah. stale ones weren't working. Yeah. We did that. Mm. I still got some of those kinds of things. <laughs> That's cool. With the artwork, with the, the peace symbol was a big deal. Yeah. And so we had a peace symbol with the cross sticking <clears throat> through it. Mm. And on my uh, guitar case, there's uh, 
one way, two piece through the power of the cross. And it's got the symbols, excuse me, the symbols um, from, uh, you know, with all the bands and everything we mm -hmm. did. So, so music was a big thing. Yeah. And so I actually had the privilege of being a part of a group that traveled for about a year and a half. I uh, called ourselves Friends. Yeah, the John Denver song. Mm -hmm. Of course you did. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we uh, got to be part of that that whole movement. So pretty cool. So kind of off the wall here, how do you how do you relate today to then? Well, it's interesting. A lot of similarities, quite yeah. frankly, and I think there's a real opportunity for a fresh movement of the Spirit of God. Mm. Yeah, and we've seen that a couple yeah. of times already yeah. across the country. Yeah. yeah. Some revivals hitting the nation. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely so. So <clears throat> being, switching gears a little bit, uh, but I think still in relation to that time that God used in that Jesus revolution, um, impact counseling, right. something that you were integral in the start of. Mm -hmm. Um what tell us a little bit I, i've been the recipient of many years and sessions of impact counseling mm -hmm. um tell us about um how that kind of came about um what services are available to sure. those who are listening and i know we'll expand a little bit the, more of this in part two sure uh but just give our listeners a little bit of a, a an eye into impact counseling sure well like i shared earlier i went to university initially thinking okay psychology and what was interesting is with my master's PhD work, while it was in education, there was a lot of focus in educational psych and counseling and that type of thing. And mm -hmm. I actually did interning at the uh, counseling center at Southwestern Seminary uh, back in the day. Then in the so counseling was kind of something I always did, uh, just kind of natural. And back in the 80s, when they started licensing uh, professional counseling, I thought, hmm, do I need to do that? Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm pastoral, but like, yeah, I think maybe I need to grandfather into that. And I had all the hours and the training and stuff that, so I got my LPC, licensed professional counseling, and then a little later they did the same thing with marriage and family. So I got those licensures and maintained them through the years. And so I continued to do a lot of counseling no matter what position I had on staff. And by the late 90s, was doing it a lot. And so much so that the pastor at the time said, hey, um, your doors shut a lot, counseling people. Do we need to do a counseling ministry to the community. Hmm. And I said, well, I'm open to that. And he said, why don't you look into what would be involved with that? So I did. And I spent about six months interviewing and talking to different people. And so um, it was very clearly, I was at a conference in 2003 and Lord said very clearly to me, do the counseling ministry. And so I said, okay, I, you're going to have to show me what to do because 
development of ministry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that kind of went into that, but. Um, and I actually went to the deacons and I said, all right, look, if y'all want a ministry, I'm all in on ministry. I'll figure it out. If you want me to run a business, find somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm supposed to do. They said, no, we want to do a ministry to the community. I said, okay. So we did the work. We did the research, um, prayed, um, had a lot of, a lot of help from the congregation. Mm-hmm. Then in April of 2005, we did the soft launch and the hard launch in May. And so what's been amazing is now there are, I have 18 other counselors with me, uh, six other admin. Um, We will do, I don't know, probably between 7,500 and 8,000 sessions this year. Mm. We've done over 70,000 sessions since we started. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really been remarkable to watch God work and move. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do individual, do marriage and family, work with little kids, mm-hmm. teenagers, adults. Um, it's really been remarkable. So is impact counseling a part of the church, a ministry of the church? Is it a business of its own? Is it? No, that's a good question. It's a ministry of Lake Church. Okay. And so I'm the founder. But it's open to the public. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lake Church member. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I'm founder and director. Yeah. And it's uh, that it is for the community. As a matter of fact, over well over 90 percent of the people that we help and see have no connection to lecture church at all mm-hmm. uh, actually a third of the people that come to us don't attend anywhere regularly yeah so it's really been a ministry of the community mm-hmm. and we've probably got about 30 churches or so that partner with us and send their people uh, to get help they know we won't proselyte them or that's not what we're doing we're just it's all about kingdom purposes. Mm. Uh, the church heavily underwrites this mm. as a ministry so that we're able to charge a fee that's about 60% of the going rate. And that's another ministry component. Yeah, We want to help as many people as we can help. I've got uh, some money I'm able to pro bono and help people with. I've partnered with Mission Arlington. Mm through the years to help people get free counseling through Mission Arlington. Um, we partner with other churches. We do everything we can to help the other churches and community. That's a, that's a fantastic ministry. Um, you know, I, I know so many people who've used it, mm-hmm. my son included, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's a fantastic ministry for, yeah. For people, especially in a world right now, which which we're going to get into the second episode we do with you, and that is you know spiritual warfare and stuff, right. and and how Satan is just really attacking right. people. Um, so ministry like that is necessary. And I'll, you you can answer, but what kind of services does Impact Counseling provide? Um, like what kind of things do do you work on and work with with people like family counseling? I'm sure um, individual counseling as well. Um, but how much of that, gosh, this is like a whole second episode question, <laughs> but how much of that is really, okay, 
you're being attacked spiritually and we need to look at that and address that. You know, it's yeah. not really it's not really that you're I don't, I don't want to use the word crazy, but it's not really that there's something wrong with you that you're just being attacked. Right. Sure. Is that what you see most of or I don't know. That's that's kind of a weird question. I might just cut the whole thing. I was going to say it. A hundred percent of them have some kind of spiritual. Yeah, warfare. right. Yeah, well, I know. That's I true for all. A better way to ask that. No, question. you're right. Well, yeah, yeah. well, and yeah, we will get into that second piece. But yeah. so here's here's what I would say to you. The um, there's an illustration I give to clients, and that is, okay, look, God made us body, soul, and spirit. And so what's happening with the body affects the soul and spirit. What's happening with the, what's happening with the soul affects the body and the spirit. What's happening with the spirit affects the body. <laughs> so, okay. so it's an integrated piece. And so the explanation I use is I say, all right, without getting overly uh, theological here, let's, let's be simplistic. I break soul into two pieces, thinking and feeling. And so I say four tires on a car. Think physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And so just like the condition of all four tires affects the right of your car, the condition of all four pieces of us, mm. body, mind, soul, spirit, affects the right of life, if you will. So you can have three brand new tires and a flat, well, you got a problem. Mm -hmm. So if something is off with my body that's not being addressed, or my thinking, or my feeling, or my spirit, We've got a problem. Mm. So my approach is a holistic approach that says, let's pay attention to all four tires. Mm. Mm. It's awesome. I look forward to hearing that next week in the next episode. All right. You want to play games? We'll have a little fun. Let's wind down a little bit. Am I ready to lose a game? Sure. <laughs> you know, the reason I'm doing this game is because I don't want to play because I know I will lose this game. I don't want to play against Ed. Can, can I just say I go ahead and forfeit? <laughs> <laughs> the game today is called Name That Book. I'm going to read the first verse of a book out of the Bible, and you just have to kind of try to guess which book that is. Um, there's no timer, no buzzer. no. We'll just go back and forth with mm. who gets to try first, but um, mm -hmm. and we'll keep score very, very loosely. Yes, as very well. loosely. So, In the uh, beginning, God, that's Genesis. <laughs> I'm looking are at you, that one right are now. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. I know. In the beginning, it was a word. That was John. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You win those two. <laughs> wow. Okay. Starting off. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Look at you. Um, well, our guest is Ed, so we'll let you go first. Sure. Right here. Yes. So I'm going to read this first verse. And, uh, you know, if you want to blurt it out before I get through with the verse, that's fine, too. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the second month of the second year after the Israelites came out of Egypt. I want to say Leviticus. All right, Brandon, what's your guess? I'll say Deuteronomy. And no, and no. That would be the first verse of Numbers. Numbers. Okay. All around it. Yeah. Don't worry. Hey, do well, not feel it was, bad it was, as I would get the We call. were close in the vicinity. <laughs> we were on the other side of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, here we go. Brandon, you're up. Here we go. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Is that First Samuel? Wow. No. 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 So you're done. Mr. Ed's turn. <laughs> what did I tell you? I don't want to play against Ed. <laughs> hey. I mean, I think I know what it is. With some Moab. During the day of the judges, right? In the days when the judges ruled. Days when the judges ruled. There was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. Well, she eventually comes back. Yes, I would say that was probably <laughs> Ruth. That is Ruth. That is Ruth. <laughs> Did I ruin it by saying she eventually comes no, back? No, no. Ruth was going to be my guess. So. <laughs> All right, so who's up this time? It's Ed's turn. All right. He's so got 40 see. to my zero. I understand. No. All right, so let's see. It's Ed's turn. Here we go. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of truth that leads to godly godliness. I'll even do first two. In the hope of eternal life with which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. I'll even do verse three. And which now at his appointed season, he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God, our Savior. Two is verse four. Two, boom. There's your answer. Is your turn? What's yours? Oh, I think it's yours. Yeah. Romans. It's not Romans. Okay. But you know what's funny is every one of the books Paul wrote has like the same in. Yeah, they they do. They do. First yeah. uh, Corinthians. It's not First Corinthians. It's actually Titus. Verse four says to Titus, my true son and our comrade. Okay. I should have went ahead and read verse four. All right. Names. Brandon, I'll give you something really easy. Here we go. Ready? Okay. In the beginning, God, I got that one. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> All right. Here we go. This one's real easy. Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Matthew, Enoch. <laughs> No. What? Susala, Lamech, Noah. Yeah, that would be. Uh, Actually, the first verse is just Adam, Seth, and Enosh. Yeah. Um, I know what you're thinking, though. You're thinking it's either lineage. Yeah, lineage. Well, it's it, it's kind of his lineage. It's one of the first and seconds. Either Samuel, um, no, no, Samuel. This is hard. I would so totally lose this. <laughs> like it would be zero for me. Not even close. <laughs> I'm at zero. First Chronicles. It is First Chronicles. Look at you. Boom. Whoa. Well done, but, um, sir. <laughs> nice. Well done. Sorry, let's give Brandon another chance here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I'll embarrass myself some Chance of redemption. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Verse one of this book. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or oh, sit in the company of mockers. I'll say Psalms. No. Psalm. Well, it is Psalms, but Psalms, which one? One. One. <laughs> one. 
Very good. You <laughs> said you knew that one. Of course you knew I that one. I, I memorized it in King Jimmy. All right, let's jump into yeah. some uh, New Testament. Let's do one more for each person. Jump into the New Testament a little bit. So uh, it's skunked. Uh, this one should be All right. Whose turn is it? Me, I guess. I All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to omit the name mm-hmm. because it gives it away, but somebody... An apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of of, uh, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Disnia. Just assuming those are the right way to say those things. Um, To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. We could just do an episode where we just read the Bible. Um, first Peter. It is First Peter. Outstanding. Boom. He's killing you. I, I know. I'm going to give you a chance. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to do it. one point where you're not skunked. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hey, I already got one. I got song. Did you get? Oh, you did you get did. song. Did. I think it's skunked. So we got a chance to tie it here, right? It's two to one. Is that right? I don't know. Oh, no. It's like 10 to ten. one. Yeah. That's very awesome. All right. You ready? Yes. Brandon, here we go. Okay. I mean, no, but yes. The revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angels, his angel to his servant, John. I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> no, it ain't trick. I'm not going to put an S on it either because it's only one. <laughs> it's only one. Revelation. John. Revelation is the answer. <laughs> you the man. The man. Ooh. Two points. Let's go. <laughs> I might not even have won that. But okay, we're going to call that a victory for Mr. Ed Lamance. Oh, yeah. Well, I think okay, it was like 15 it. to 2 or something I, like that. So. I, I didn't even limp across the line. I just kind of died like <laughs> yeah, well, 100 yards down the track. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we get to the yes. end of this episode, uh, but yep. do you have a favorite verse, passage, story of the Bible? I know it's going to be really hard for you, seeing as sure. how biblically grounded you are, if I was just whipping my tail at the name of that book. Um, Funny. But do you have a favorite verse well, I, or story? Well, I do have a life verse, yeah. and that's Philippians 3, 13, 14, where uh, Paul says, friends... I count not myself to have arrived. I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind mm-hmm. and pressing forth to the things which are ahead, I bring all of my energies to bear on this one thing. I press and I push toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's Lament's version. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I've spent like a lot it. of time on that passage. So, yeah, it's all about the kingdom and pressing into the kingdom. That's mm-hmm. the only reason we're here. Amen. It's the uh, first line from uh, Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, nice. Ed, how can people find out more about impact counseling? Well, we've got a very creative website title called impactcounseling.com. Wow. <laughs> it's so revolutionary. <laughs> you know? So uh so yeah, they just go to impactcounseling.com. Yeah. There's um, a lot of good resources out there too. Yeah. Free, free downloads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's some uh, in terms of a lot of free downloads and stuff, they can go to my website. Mm. 
which is also a real creative name, edlomance.com. Oh, yeah. It, it was going to be DrEdLomance.com. And my wife looked at it and said, that looks like dreadlomance.com. <laughs> dreadlomance. So, so I bought dreadlomance.com and edlomance.com. So whichever they remember, but yeah. they can go there. And I do have a lot of resources and stuff there. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, so impactcounseling.com, edlomance.com. Church website is lakechurchdfw.org. Uh, for stuff about Lake Church. Yeah, and Lamance is L-A-Y-M-A-N-C-E. Yeah, the Y's silent. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Laymance, uh, <laughs> if you're from Texas. Laymance. Laymance. Dread Laymance. Dread Laymance. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ed, thanks so much for doing this. You bet. Um, I appreciate you coming and talking about this. And next week we're going to have you on and we're going to talk about um, some spiritual warfare stuff. Um, which I think is very important, especially in today's times. Mm. So uh, if everyone will just tune in next week, don't miss the episode. Um, It's going to be a great one. So thanks for coming. Oh, you bet. Thanks for letting me come. Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, visit us at thetestamentpod.com. That's thetestamentpod.com. And click on the gospel message at the top of the page. Also, you can click on the Testament Podcast tab and learn more about our podcast and see what our most recent episodes are that we've launched. In addition, we're always looking for guests who want to brag on God. So please send yourself or someone you know to thetestamentpod.com and drop us a line with your interest or email us at thetestamentpod at gmail.com. We'll send you all the information we need in order to book you for an interview. Remember, do your part. Help us get these testimonies out there. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and then like and share our posts so your friends can see what we're doing too. So thanks everybody for listening. Bye.